BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juices, deliciously thirst quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the, the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking crypto's wild rise and staggering fall with Zeke Fox. So cryptocurrency has a lot of problems. There's the climate issue. Crypto requires a ton of energy. Uh, There's the trust issue, because what good is it if there isn't a critical mass of users, a network of folks? And then on top of that, you add the recent developments of Sam Bankman-Fried's conviction of stealing billions of dollars from customers at FTX. Knowing that money laundering and wire fraud were being committed, that does not build trust. (laughs) So that's a problem. Uh, Every transaction seems like a scam waiting to happen. And few folks know this better than our guest, Zeke Fox. We are lucky to be joined by Zeke as he has documented the rise and the fall of crypto over the past few years in his new book, Number Go Up, which took him everywhere from El Salvador to Cambodia and ultimately to a penthouse in the Bahamas. Uh, Zeke is an investigative journalist, and he did not hold back in his book. And Zeke, we've got a lot of questions for you. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you for having me on. Zeke, I hope your diamond hands are feeling good. We've got a lot lot to get to uh, in this one. But the first question that we ask everybody who comes on the show is, Matt and I, we're, we're all about saving and investing wisely for the future, but we like to spend money in the here and now. We like to enjoy life along the way. And so craft beer is something we splurge on. What's your craft beer equivalent? What are you splurging on while you're also trying to handle your money well? So I'm definitely very thrifty, but there's one thing that I love. It's like my most prized possession. And you're going to laugh like typical. I'm in Brooklyn, typical Brooklyn dad. It's my espresso machine. (laughs) Nice. I, I have this fancy espresso machine. And like, I mean, me and my wife joke that like if we ever got divorced, she can have everything but I'm taking that. And it, uh, I, I think it's, it's pretty, it, it costs, it probably costs like a thousand dollars, which is, which is ridiculous, but 
it is uh it's not one of the crazy manual ones with the handle yeah it's yeah, like yeah, yeah where, where you do it like amish style you're like pull, <laughs> yeah <laughs> pulling your own shots yeah so I, I i do press a button um to make the shots but like if this broke tomorrow i would buy another one like i would not live without okay. this espresso machine when i go on so, vacation so- i come home and i'm like uh I'm back to the espresso machine. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Well, I've gotten to where I'm traveling with my own grinder and my own beans so that I can do at least do some Chemex while we're on the road. Yeah, that's impressive. I will say it's interesting that the custody battle would be over the espresso machine, not the children, Zeke. Um, but you've got your priorities in, in the place where you want them, it sounds like, right? <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I've, I've revealed my priorities oops <laughs> we'll just make sure that we won't listen for- to this episode yeah we won't forward this one along <laughs> but I, I also love even though that's your splurge it is also a way for you to save money because what that means is that you're not going down to the corner to the local awesome coffee shop there and dropping four or five bucks you know with tip on an espresso right there yeah. so yeah. even though this is your splurge i still love there's this <laughs> undercurrent of diy thriftiness and frugalness that we can totally get behind i mean i will say like in new york i think the easiest way to save money is to make stuff at home because if you order like even pretty regular takeout especially for the kids you could easily hit a hundred bucks you know just from like the (laughs) corner you know sushi slash thai restaurant Mm -hmm. so if you make like anything at home even going to like the fancy grocery store I think is still uh, a big savings. I love it. Yeah, it's, it makes a ton of sense. All right, let's let's dive into it, Zeke. We're not going to spend our entire conversation, our entire time here talking about SBF, but his conviction last week it certainly has the attention of anyone involved with crypto. Uh, so, what kind of effect will the downfall of FTX and Alameda Research and now this ruling? What kind of impact do you think this is going to have on just the crypto industry as a whole? So the crypto industry would like to say that Sam Bankman fried was just a bad apple. And it's true, like his his fraud, I mean, he was a very bad apple. Um, and his fraud is different from other crypto companies. Um, but he's far from the only fraud in crypto. Like I spent two years, as you were saying, like investigating this whole thing. And wherever I turned, I would see empty promises, hype that nobody lived up to, total scams, um, pump and dump schemes. And a lot of the stuff that I investigated has now resulted in lawsuits, in court case government charges. So even if people, even if you set Sam Bankman free to side, I think that just the wave of bad publicity is going to result in investors being a bit more skeptical that's yeah. why I, I just can't see a bubble like the one we just lived through happening again it's just like uh, you know you, you ask i mean i'm curious if you agree with this but i feel like if you you know call, even six months from now a year from now a regular person if they hear crypto what's going to pop in their head they're going to think like isn't that the thing that the curly-haired guy used <laughs> to like steal everybody's money, right? The dude with the cargo you know? shorts. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely his face, his hair is synonymous. <laughs> it's completely branded alongside crypto in general. And, uh, and and by the way, my mom taught me growing up that a bad apple ruins the whole bunch, right? And so it really can have that sort of cascading effect, of just a massive overarching impact. And and Zeke, uh, I, I'm curious what it was like for you. Your book was actually used on the stand in the trial um and didn't sam banker fried have to read quotes from the book i mean <laughs> yeah. w- were you expecting that what was that like for no you? so 
big surprise. It was totally wild. I mean, the prosecutor practically was like, I, I'll tell you the story. She um, started talking with Sam. He t- made the strange decision to testify himself, which opens him up to cross-examination. Mm-hmm. And she can bring up anything he's ever said to before. And just before he got arrested, I'd spent a whole day and night with him at his $30 million penthouse in the Bahamas talking about what happened at FTX. And so he'd told me a lot of stuff then. And he'd even admitted some stuff to me that I thought was, you know, pretty damning. And I had asked him. So at the center of this fraud is the relationship between his exchange, FTX, and his hedge fund, Alameda Research. And so what happened was that, let's say you sent a thousand bucks to FTX and you you bought some Dogecoin. You'd look in the app and you'd think, oh, look, I got a thousand Dogecoin now. Pretty cool. But in reality, you didn't have that thousand Dogecoin. You'd send in that thousand bucks and Sam Bankman-Fried had just funneled it to his hedge fund where he could go gamble on other stuff. And so so it's just a number on a screen that didn't have any basis in reality yeah i mean when everyone went to withdraw their money they realized that and they couldn't get their money and it was all gone so he was trying to claim to me that it was okay it was allowed for alameda to borrow money for the hedge fund to borrow money and he said all the traders on the exchange could borrow money but i when i i said but did alameda follow the same rules as other traders on the exchange and he said to me there was more leeway. <laughs> so, like, that's bad. And the, the prosecutor asked him, and she was like, have you ever talked about the relationship between Alameda and FTX? Did you ever say that they didn't follow the same rules? And he was like, I don't know about that. And she literally whipped out a hard copy of my book, walked it over to the stand. The defense was like, objection, objection. <laughs> uh, the judge said, no, I'll allow it. Um and yeah, he he had to go over that, and then also some other comments he made about um, his involvement with the decision to allow Alameda to borrow even more money. So uh, it was shocking for me and a little uncomfortable because, you know, when I do these interviews, I like to just think like I'm just a guy who's you know trying to find out the truth about what's going on, yeah. trying to write about what's going on. I don't like to think that I'm part of some sort of like criminal prosecution right. you know leave that to the cops right you know it's like you're in the story now which is weird you yeah you are a part of it and of course sbf he claimed i don't recall saying that yes <laughs> and is, is all he could say i'm guessing you have tapes too is, yes I and luckily nobody asked for them and making this even more amazing you probably know that michael lewis the famous author also wrote a book about SBF that's more uh, favorable yeah, to him. Yeah, and so we wanted to ask you about that because that seems crazy. And he also kind of made some snide remarks about your book. Well, in court, the defense was like, "All right, prosecution's got a book. We'd like to introduce our own book, Going Infinite by Michael Lewis." <laughs> and the this happened. Uh, it was in a little sidebar, like the jury couldn't hear it. They just did it in a meeting with the judge. But the judge said that. The part of Michael Lewis's book they wanted to introduce sounded like it was just Sam making up stuff and that it would not be permissible. <laughs> so yours was so, like factually written and reported and Michael's was a, a puff piece, uh, basically. Well, and that's certainly how it's been reviewed, at yeah. least by folks who, who have looked at both books. Um, I mean, it's really crazy to me because uh, 
like this is my first book and okay so i was down in the bahamas right around the time of the super bowl in 2022 this is i i went to go profile sam bankman fried when things were going great and he was very unusual for a ceo he was just like yeah understatement but he was just like pull up a chair sit next to me let me i'll just do all my business while you observe me and this was weird before i knew that he was like running a massive scam nobody lets you do that but i saw on his calendar like the day before was blocked off and it was like go to the super bowl with michael lewis and i was just at this point i was already working on a book too and I was just like, oh, no, Michael Lewis has a crypto book. Yeah, you're like, like oh, you, you know, that's going to be a number one bestseller. Who's going to want to read my book when you have the uh, Michael Lewis option? They're like, who's this Zeke Foe guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when I'm writing the book, I was telling myself, all right, you better go all out and do a good job because you're up against Michael Lewis. But I just thought that was like something I was using to motivate myself. I did not think that actually the books would be you know compared when they came out and i i never would have imagined that you know like reviews in major newspapers would say like zeke's book is more sure. entertaining um, amazing yeah sure. so well, pretty cool <laughs> yeah not only compared but also contrasted as it seems like you've you've done an excellent job just kind of being Te- a little more nuanced and diving you know, actually getting into the truth telling a better story because yeah. and, and maybe not better, more accurate. Well, yeah, well, I, I think... <laughs> but also better. Not to talk too much about the other book, but like, I think that's the, the criticism, right? Is like, there once you kind of decide on a narrative, and this is kind of goes back to like just storytelling, it's hard to step off of that treadmill when the right? facts change when the facts change and you have kind of decided that and you the hero you, becomes the villain that you want to go a certain direction yeah um but zeke let's uh let's kind of step out of this a little bit <laughs> i want to kind of wind the clock back a little bit what made you go down the, the crypto rabbit hole in the first place yeah as an investigative reporter who writes about finance people were always telling me i should write about crypto but i just i didn't want to do it i didn't like it I just didn't feel like there was anything to investigate. I felt like, uh, admittedly, this was like a mistake, but I felt like so many crypto schemes are just like, a guy says, buy my coin, it's really great, everyone buys it, the coin goes up, then later it goes down. I just didn't think that was like a interesting story. But yeah, it was FOMO that, that changed my mind because I'm on this group text with my friends from high school. We call it Dan's basement because that's where we used to hang out, you know, 20 years ago. And I love it. One of my friends, Jay, a very funny guy. We used to write a humor column together in high school and he's gone on to he has like a successful career. You know, someone who I really think highly of. He starts telling me that we should buy. It's the middle of the pandemic. We're all pretty bored. We're stuck at home. Group text is very active. But he starts talking about something he calls doggy coin. And he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't know what it's good for. I don't know what it is, but like, it's funny and you should all buy it. And I fancy myself, you know, the financial expert of the group being the investigative reporter. And so I'm like, well, it's Dogecoin. (laughs) First of all. Yeah. And that went viral like three years ago is never going to happen again. It's it's not even funny. Let's move on. But the price of Dogecoin starts creeping up, and Jay keeps uh, texting us all updates. And he eventually makes enough money to fund a trip to Disney, and he texts us all, "I am freaking Nostradamus. 
<laughs> you know, if you'd all listen to me, you could be at Disney too. And, <laughs> and you're sitting there at home hugging your coffee maker yeah. and just like weeping. Yeah, I. It, it got a little heated. Like this was like some we were a serious disagreement between us. Then it wasn't so much that he was teasing me or that he had made this money or that he'd gone to Disney. It was more just like. I really wanted to be right in this argument. This is this is what you do. But it was hard to argue with his results. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. what you do. You know how this works. You know how this ends as well. Uh, but yeah, like you said, a lot of folks were making a lot of money, at least for a while. And yeah, he wasn't the only one. You know, I had neighbors who'd made big money, other friends who were making tons of money on it. And I just felt like, okay, maybe there is real money being made here. And I want to win this argument with Jay. So... Even though there's really no winning the argument since he did make the money and I didn't, I was like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this now. I want to know what's up with this whole crypto thing. What's behind it all? Why are all these coins going up and up yeah. and up? Did your friend um, cash out? Did he actually make the money or, or did it? So well, he made the yeah, money. Sounds like okay. he went to Disney. So. Cause, cause, but yeah. sometimes people do that because they're like, uh, it, it's kind of like home equity. Double down. <laughs> yeah. Double down and put it on a credit card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, I mean, I got the money. It's in there in the bank. I'm not going to tap it necessarily because <laughs> it's going to keep going up. Um, so, I, okay. So I'm glad to know he got out at the right time because there's a whole lot of other people that were left holding the bag later on. Right. I mean, it is like a zero sum game. Like somebody's got to lose money for someone else to make it right. because there's no real like economic value being generated and i i later met a nice woman from new jersey who worked in a school there who had had sort of a similar start to her story where she made some money on dogecoin but then got like real into crypto and started sending more money to one of these crypto yield platforms and ended up losing like a big chunk of savings that that she had been counting on you know mm. so it, uh, Jay was able to resist the temptation, I guess, but other people, him. you make a little bit and then you end up making some bigger bet and losing. Yeah, no, that, and that's, I mean, we've heard from listeners to this show because we've been uh, tepid at best uh, towards cryptocurrency the whole way through. And um, and, and, and there we've had listeners who have lost $10,000, $20,000, something like that. And that's, I think, the that's kind of what's happened in so many ways. It's a bunch of people losing bits and pieces of money that would have been better put in a in a Roth IRA in, in an index fund or something like that. Um, but talk to us about like use cases for crypto. You basically just kind of mentioned that it's not really generating any economic value, but uh, you, th there have been all these kind of pitches for what crypto is going to do, the solutions it's going to provide. Um, but those use cases don't seem very helpful uh is it just this completely unnecessary uh, solution in search of a problem that's what it feels like you can talk yourself into some of these use cases like for example you know when you swipe your credit card at a store in the u.s the store is taking paying like a three percent fee to process mm -hmm. that transaction or two percent something like that so like wouldn't it be cool if there was some way to avoid those fees or like western union when you send money to another country there's a fee you know, wouldn't it be great you had a quicker way with no fees? But I decided to judge crypto not based on the claims of its promoters, but to like look into how it was actually being used and to see if it was working for anybody. And I can't claim that I looked into everything, but what I can say is that the things that I did look into, like I went to El Salvador. Yeah. Uh, it's the first country to adopt Bitcoin as a legal currency. And Bitcoin promoters were like, this is working great. Everyone in El Salvador loves Bitcoin. It's making life easier for the poor. And what happened when I got there? I mean, 
I the first store I went into in Bitcoin Beach, the town that the where the Bitcoiners say the Bitcoin revolution started, I went to like a, a roadside stand and I asked for water. The everything was sort of behind the counter, so the guy brought out a water and he was handing it to me, and I said, um, in my gringo Spanish, <laughs> "Puedo pagar con Bitcoin." And the guy took the water from me and said, basura, which is trash. Yeah. And he just, yeah, he walked away. No oh, way. He's wow. just like, get out of here. Yeah, I'm not selling you any water. Wow. And I, I, there were stores that had signs that said, we don't accept Bitcoin. Basically, just like, leave us alone, tourists. It's so annoying to use Bitcoin that we don't want your money. Because um, in reality, they could, like, it's not that hard to, to use the Bitcoin app. But they're just like, I can't be bothered. Yeah. Just go to the ATM and get some regular money for me. Right. And another one that I heard a lot about was Axie Infinity. This was like a crypto game. And you you would buy, uh, it's sort of like Pokemon. And you'd buy this team of monsters, a game on your phone. But you had to assemble a team of monsters and like battle other monsters. And what made it crypto is that you had to pay crypto to buy your monsters and if you won the battles, or even if you lost them, you earned a different cryptocurrency called Smooth Love Potion. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, You can't make these yeah. names up. No. <laughs> or, I mean, somebody did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah they, they clearly needed like a name consultant. They have terrible this names. This is where reality is stranger than fiction. Yeah, so, well, it, it gets weirder because this game took off in the Philippines. It went viral. There were like more than a million people there playing it. Whole families were like playing this game all day instead of working. And for a while, you could earn, you know, a better than average Filipino salary just by playing this game on your phone, earning smooth love potions and selling them. And crypto, while this was going on, crypto people were like, this is amazing. It's Web3. You know, people finally can own their assets on the internet. It's going to solve poverty. It's going to be a new way of life for the world's poor. Um, but meanwhile, it's like, wait, why does smooth love potions have any value? And it's like, well, you need them to uh, buy the monsters. And it's like, well, why do the monsters have any value? Well, you need them to earn the smooth love potions. Circular it's reasoning. Like, yeah, this is like, uh, uh, I've been instructed not to say the word Ponzi scheme because I think it implies like criminal intent. Um, but uh, this is, uh, you know, this is an unsustainable mm -hmm. bubble. This doesn't make any yeah. sense, you know? And it didn't make any sense. And it collapsed. And people in the Philippines lost real money. Um, and I went there. And it, it was surreal. I mean, I, I went to the town where this first went viral. And the town had literally been transformed by the smooth love potion money. Like, people gave me a tour. They're like, that guy put a second floor in his house because of his smooth love wow. potions. That guy, you know, bought a new car with his Axie money. I went to a guy who's he who'd moved out of town and built this house in the country with his Axie money. Yet, but when it all collapsed, people had even borrowed money and invested mm. it. And I've met people who were like really in the hole. My driver um, had lost like a thousand bucks to buy a team of monsters. He borrowed it from his in-laws, I believe. And, you know, he felt like really ashamed that he'd lost this money. And it was a big setback yeah. in his life. So I can't exaggerate how much this was this axie was like their big example of like web 3 is awesome 
And then once it collapsed, you just didn't hear about it anymore. On to the next one. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the case. Like the the reporting on the back end has been has missed some of those stories. For every one story of success, right? The the Bitcoin or the Dogecoin millionaire, there's a hundred or at least ten uh, stories of someone losing quite a bit. And so we want to talk more about crypto's failings, uh, kind of some of the crypto scams um, attempts that were that were often just uh, hoodwinking people into losing thousands of dollars or more. And we've got just more questions with Zeke that we'll get to right after this. I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about. Getting your books together with, uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of. But it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000, 25, and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. 
We are back from the break talking with Zeke Fox. And Zeke, you, you were detailing some of the impacts of crypto, uh, some of the impacts on other countries, but let's kind of bring it more stateside. Do we have any numbers about how much money just millions of normal folks lost during the, the crypto craze? Because, you know, like, like at its core, the crypto debacle of the last few years, it, like it feels just like a massive wealth transfer from, from normal folks to those who are out there promoting crypto. But I'm, I'm curious if you had any stats there. You know, it's, it's hard to say. Um, the market, if you look at the market cap of crypto, it got up to like $3 trillion, and now it's down below $1 trillion. There's a $2 trillion decline, but that really overstates the amount of real money that's lost because a lot of these coins, they'll essentially, there'll be like billions of these coins that exist, but nobody ever trades more than, you know, a million of them. So a lot of these coins, there's people who are sitting on like a lot of value on paper, but if they ever went to like sell their 3 trillion Zeke coins, they would find out that nobody really wanted them. But in terms of real money, there's quite a few scams where, you know, at least a billion dollars was lost. Like definitely people lost billions and billions of dollars of real money. There's a huge range. I mean, it's definitely billions of dollars, but it's not uh, somewhere between like 10 billion and a hundred billion would be my estimate. Yeah, and it's it's not just you know trading crappy coins that tank to zero. Talk to us about scams because it's not just like dummies, right? Sitting in their mom's basement, sort of thing. Like Mark Cuban lost money into a crypto scam, right? And and it's not even just scams. Talk to me about crypto passwords. I mean, there were those articles being written about people who had Bitcoin locked away and they forget their password. And guess what? They're kind of SOL in terms of in terms of cashing out on the Bitcoin that they own. Yeah. So Mark Cuban, amazingly, um, he appeared in a pro Axie Infinity documentary and gave a great quote where he said, the numbers make perfect sense. <laughs> like talking about this smooth love potion thing. Wow. I'm like, I'm sorry. What? They don't Mark Cuban. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, he also invested in some other, I believe he, he lost out on some sort of stable coin that, that fell apart, maybe Titan coin or something. So he was really in the mix. And well, the sharks from Shark Tank, you know, like Mr. Wonderful was all about FTX as well. So he, he played it the safer way with Mr. Wonderful. He got paid $15 million to endorse FTX. And I think he was paid in FTX stock. So he would have lost the 15 million. But at least he's, you know, no worse off than he started. Except, except for his reputation, I will say. True, true. But his dome is so shiny. We can't resist. <laughs> Just, I, I saw him at um, at Crypto Bahamas in April 2022, the big FTX coming out party, like the big celebration of Sam Bankman Freed. And he was preparing to do like a remote TV hit and he in the press room and he whipped out one of those... Uh, like a portable shaver and was just like shaving his <laughs> dome. So it's extra shiny. And I was like, that guy is dedicated. I um, But okay. You asked about the password thing and yeah, I think banks are pretty annoying, right? Like they charge you fees. They, um, you got to wait in line. I mean, I, you got lots of, I got lots of complaints about banks, but the nice thing is, is like there is someone who answers the phone and if you get ripped yeah. off, you can call them and often you can reverse the charges. So 
I went to go for part of the book, I had to use like a real crypto wallet called uh, MetaMask. And this isn't like if you use Coinbase, you're not really doing crypto. You know, you're just sort of like sending your money to Coinbase and they're handling all the crypto stuff for you on the back end. Same thing with so MetaMask, Robinhood too, right? Right. So, so most people, even people who like crypto, don't really have anything to do with it. Um, but MetaMask is like a decentralized wallet. And when you install it, you have to watch this video and they tell you that um, they literally suggest, because if you lose the password, it's over. You lost all your money. There is no recourse. There, there's nobody who's going to hold your hand. There is no authority beyond you and your ability to get into your own wallet. Yeah. So they recommend that you um, engrave the password on a metal plate and then bury it in your backyard. <laughs> and they, like... Wow. The, the video is playing like happy music while it shows this, oh, God. but I'm just like, no, I'm not doing that. And then the funny thing about it to me is that I knew this crypto wallet thing would be kind of a hassle. I heard it was hard and confusing, but it, I just still was not prepared for how annoying it would be. And also for just like how terrible it would feel because the crypto wallet is just an icon. It's a browser extension. So you've got like the little box where you write in that you type in the URL and then next to it, maybe you have like, I have a stop sign. That's my ad block extension. And then if you install this crypto wallet, you get this little Fox head and basically your money is going to live in that Fox head now. And then you, hopefully you engrave the password on the metal disc and put it in the yard because like if something gets, like, have you ever had, like, something go wrong with your browser and you have to, like, reinstall or something like that? Like, that could mean all your money has gone. Yeah. There's, like, no friendly agent to call. <laughs> and when I was, um, this was for an experiment for the book. I had my reasons. But I was trying to send $20,000 to the fox head. And, like, a friendly representative from Bank of America called me. And he was, like, hey, are you sure you want to do this? Like, are you being scammed? We've heard of a lot of, like, crypto scams. And I was like, no, no, I'm doing it on purpose. I want to send my money to the fox head. And he was like, that's what they all say. Like, you should, you should think this through. And I was like, no, put it through. I, I want to get scammed. I need to do it for the book. But, I mean, pretty cool of the bank to have some a whole sure, team of people yeah. that, like, try to help you out if you are getting ripped off. They're not like, all bad. You yeah. got to say that for them. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think folks who are true believers in crypto, they would say, well, that that's not a, a bug. That's not a problem. That's actually what we want. And there are a lot of folks that are looking to it for that decentralized, that DeFi aspect yeah. of it. They're like, but, we want it to be like an Outback Steakhouse. Well, no rules, just right. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I, I will say, like, if I thought this gave me special access to, like, get rich quick schemes, which I couldn't get to otherwise... Maybe I'd like it. Or like if I didn't want to pay my taxes and I thought I could hide my money this way, then maybe I would try it. But the crypto people are trying to say it's not about that. They're saying like this is a great app and that mainstream people might use this for, you know, to maybe one day your Taylor Swift tickets would live on the blockchain <laughs> and somehow be better. And all, they got a long way to go is all I'm saying. Like the, right. this app they have now no regular person would ever want to use that if they didn't think it was going to make them rich. Sure. And, and so much of it, I mean, so many of the scams do have to do with scammers out there fishing for that information. And this is you also trying to get more content and experience for the book. But someone who texts you out of the blue, 
and starts chatting you up and it's like oh yeah this is somebody that knows some something and eventually you kind of trace that back to to cambodia so given all the scams that folks have experienced how come the bottom hasn't fallen out altogether because i mean certainly some cryptos uh, like bitcoin ethereum they seem to still have an air of legitimacy around them is that how they should actually be viewed or do you think that they're all going to meet the same fate as some of these illegitimate like squid coin you know yeah, like yeah, all the exactly. real weird ones <laughs> i mean it should bitcoin and ethereum be kind of do you seen think the that space thing, is or they different i i will say like like this book it's like an adventure story it's a chronicle of like a crazy period of history and have all these like weirdos and how they became billionaires and then lost it all and it's not like investment advice is not my my specialty um i'm gonna i'm gonna preface it i am gonna say though that um having spent two years looking into crypto looking into its uses my conclusion is that if this stuff is going to be successful long term it has to have some purpose and it doesn't and so maybe they'll come up with the purpose in the future and maybe it'll be successful but personally, I'm, I have no more FOMO. Right. <laughs> uh, they can go do their crypto thing. I'm gonna. There's a lot of things that that you can, you could invest in, and I would compare it to, um, to AI. When Chat GPT was introduced, people started using it immediately. It was like an incredibly popular app, and so like AI, there might be a lot of hype and scams there too. But at its core there's something that people want to use. And if people want to do it, then you can make money from it. With crypto, they have yet to produce this app that people want to use. And so I think that is a big problem. And maybe all these smart people working on crypto will come up with that app in the future, but maybe they won't, you know? And I'm not, um, I don't buy this like digital gold argument that the Bitcoin people have kind of pivoted to. Um, where they argue that Bitcoin will become some sort of like yeah. reserve asset. Well, it's just it's hard for a um, currency that's that volatile. I mean, that's another one of the problems of crypto is this volatility. And when folks, yeah, when they do start pivoting to that store of value argument, it, it as of yet it doesn't seem to hold hold yeah. much water. But um, we're, we've got a few more questions to get to with you, Zeke. Perhaps some personal takeaways. We'll get to those <laughs> right after this. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty? When it can be earning extra income on your behalf, it's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, folks, it's Matt. 
I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorite so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly, probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. (laughs) Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. All right, we're back from the break. Still talking with Zeke Fox about crypto's wild rise and staggering fall. And who is at the center of it all? Uh... Zeke was so, <laughs> of a lot of this, and so Zeke. You thought he was going to say SBF? Nope, it was Zeke. I, I just, I mean, honestly, I, I feel like we could just uh, hang out, Zeke, drink beers or espresso, whatever your preference is, and talk about all the stories you've got um, from just uh, your your investigative reporting. Fascinating stuff, and I know you're you're not giving financial advice unless you're in your text chain with your friends. Uh, but like, as individuals, like a lot of people listening to this show, all about getting their personal finances in order, right? They want to save more, pay down debt, invest for the future. Like, What are the major lessons and takeaways that we can all extrapolate from this rise and fall of cryptocurrency? How can we be wiser and more vigilant in the present and in the future? Because, I mean, you said you don't believe you'll see a bubble like this ever again. But the truth is, like, bubbles have happened in history, and I think we'll see more bubbles, maybe not quite to this extent, uh, maybe not quite this staggering in, in proportion and in monetary value. But there will be things like this that happen again in the future. So, yeah, how, how can we be wise given and, so, and what can we learn from this? I think a lot about this conversation I had with a salesman at Ikea in the closet section at some point (laughs) during my research. Yeah, well, he told me that he'd lost a lot of money on uh, crypto and also uh, SPACs, like, you know, speculative stocks. And I asked him why why he had done it. And he had said something along the lines of like, look, I make like 20 bucks an hour here at Ikea. I can't really save very much. And 
like maybe I'd even said to him, have you considered, you know, like more normal investments and maybe getting slow and steady returns? And he was like, those slow and steady returns aren't going to do anything for me. Because if I ever want to achieve my financial goals, I basically need to like win the investing lottery. Yeah. And I was so gonna say, you got to have the lottery ticket mentality. Yeah. So I'm like, that makes sense to me. And I'm sympathetic to him. And just the problem is it doesn't work like you. I mean, maybe you'll get lucky, but like you probably won't. And a lot of these investment opportunities that you get pitched are set up to benefit, you know, the person who created them. And they're the ones who are going to benefit. And by the time, I don't know, like my friend Jay, he heard about Dogecoin early. He did make money. But I think in general, by the time you hear about some sort of like next big thing, I mean, ask yourself, like, am I a Wall Street insider? Am I really, did I, you know, do I personally know the people who invented this thing? Am I getting like a special deal from them? And if not, you're what they call the exit liquidity yes you're like they're dumping on you by the time the super bowl ads roll around you're the easy money yeah and i think just this idea of maybe trying to strike it rich even though it's understandable why people might want to do that it leads them to to bad places and i don't know but i don't know what my advice would be to that guy at ikea it might be to because I also don't really like, I don't know how you, where you guys stand on the avocado toast. Uh, like, I don't think you're going to like find financial freedom just by not buying no, avocado no, toast. No, that's, that's not going to get craft beer. That's I not going to get you a down payment. That's <laughs> yeah. why we wanted to hear about your expensive uh, espresso Coffee machine. Habit. Because there's, you got to find that balance. And so it's a difficult line to walk, right? But you do have to be wise. You have to look to, I think, some of the more proven methods. And even though it's going to take a little bit longer than you might think, I think once you can understand the actual power of compounding, there is a path forward. Yeah, uh, even it, with small amounts of money. But it, it might take some sacrifice, though, in some other areas in life that don't matter to you as much. But, but see, nobody nobody wants to, like, build wealth over 30 years. They want to get rich in, oh, in yeah. five. But the truth is, getting rich in five is almost impossible to pull off. And building wealth over 30, even a janitor can do it. So, And I'll say, like, also, I believe in, like, investing in yourself yeah, oh, absolutely. Learning new skills. Even with this book, like I put a lot of effort into it. And I also, uh, the way nonfiction books work, you get paid some money in advance to write the book. Mm-hmm. And um, I like spent that money traveling the world to investigate this stuff to do because I wanted to, pro- first of all, because I thought it'd be fun and I get good stories, but also because I wanted to make like a killer book yeah and hopefully that's going to be good for my career in the future well it is a killer book and we'll we'll tell our audience uh, you should buy it and should read it for sure um two more questions before we let you go zeke i mean one of the other takeaways i think you said if you don't understand something maybe it just doesn't make sense is that another important takeaway that like hey if you can't explain it to yourself much less to your eight-year-old child or something like that then you are uh investing in something that doesn't really have it doesn't make sense really and you should avoid it yeah i mean i kept i don't like to think of myself as like i see these other people i'm like they're really smart they must know something that i don't and uh, the lesson i learned was like no they don't like they either (laughs) like it's just fomo for them too or they're running a scam or they aren't as smart as i thought um so i personally i'm gonna trust my instincts yeah. a little more in the future or, or they're lying i mean time after time you write about folks who are speaking to you as if you were dumb and they oftentimes will say uh i'm telling you the truth here 
<laughs> or either we're telling you the truth or we're lying. And it turns out time after time that they were, in fact, lying, yeah. that they were, in fact, prosecuted. So, again, given all of the scams and the volatility that we've seen with crypto, I'm curious as to what you think the future might be, because whether investors want it or not, it looks like crypto is, is continuing to gain momentum as opposed to losing momentum. Yeah. But Bitcoin, it's doubled in price this year. And it seems like major players like BlackRock, they are on the cusp of getting a, a Bitcoin ETF approved by the SEC. Grayscale. Yeah, also, they're right? working towards converting their trusts. But like, do you th like with all that in mind, do you think that there's still hope for crypto, given the fact that there, se there seems to be maybe a more healthy march forward? I'm a pessimist and I'm going to I'm going to give you a lesson that I learned from Jay on the Dogecoin. He said that um, Elon Musk was going to appear on Saturday Night Live. And there was a lot of chat about would Elon Musk mention Dogecoin on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And it, I, I think Jay was like, this is a buy the rumor sell the news thing it's going to dump after he goes on snl there's no way it can live up to the hype and so and it did so i think that uh similarly this there's a lot of excitement about this bitcoin etf but maybe once it comes out we'll realize that hey the people who wanted bitcoin they already have it they bought it on Robinhood or coinbase or whatever yeah and maybe this bitcoin etf isn't actually such a big deal Love it. interesting Z, all right hey, thank you so much for taking the time today sharing the stories and kind of informing us about what's going on behind the scenes especially given what happened at the end of last week uh having you being able to speak to that today on our show just means a whole lot so we really Absolutely. appreciate you and where can our listeners find out more uh about you and your book which is awesomely titled number go up yeah, um, numbergoupbook.com or, you know, at your support your local bookstore. Check it out. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Zeke. Thanks for having me on. Wish I was down there uh, drinking craft beers with you guys. <laughs> Next time, dude, we'll do it in person. Beers on us. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting beers with Zeke in person because, like I said. Or espresso specifically. I want a yeah. shot out of his $1,000 machine. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and can you imagine, any, does anybody have better stories than Zeke right now? I mean, uh, <laughs> given kind of what's going on, the cultural zeitgeist. Sure. It, like, Zeke's the man to be uh, hanging with. So we, got, we got lucky with this one. Yeah. It was well-timed for sure. It made it a lot of fun. And w seriously, we would recommend for folks to check out Number Go Up as he documents all. Uh, I mean, he literally chronicles his yeah. travels and the he's seen the negative side he's seen all the different scams and how that has plagued so many folks and if you couldn't tell just from hearing him talk he's massively entertaining and, and the book is too <laughs> and so if you want like a good book to tell like as opposed to a puff piece like michael lewis wrote if you want a good book to kind of tell you the the ins and outs of what was happening with crypto not just sbf but but cryptocurrency in general this book is the one to get yeah. but um matt what, were, what was your big takeaway from this conversation oh, i was going to ask you for oh, years for because okay. a lot it was certainly a lot of narrative and a lot okay. of story but so i will my big takeaway isn't something that he specifically said but it is something that he documented in his book and that is the fact that scams and the attention of fraudsters go to where the money is and when you had this period in time and i mean and he, he says for different reasons that he doesn't think that this bubble is ever going to happen again but for various reasons we had a ton of money on hand we had a lot of folks yeah. even like himself like he said that who were bored and with the combination of those two things, you got money and you've got time. It was a perfect storm. It was a perfect storm. St stimmy checks yes. and stay-at-home orders so was the perfect storm. So people were going after all this crypto. And of course, scammers and fraudsters, they wanted a piece of yeah. that. Uh, and I think that is also one of the reasons we have seen so much 
fraudulent activity surrounding crypto. It gets funny because he said he's a, he's he's, a, he's pessimistic when it comes to the future of crypto. Personally, I'm still keeping a, a pretty open mind as to what it could hold. I'm not cer- certainly we don't recommend for folks to go out there and buy some. But if you are interested in it and if you are a little more skeptically uh, optimistic, perhaps, then scratching that itch with no more than 5% of your your overall portfolio is something that we are very comfortable with folks doing. Yeah, you, you that's have, what I've done personally as well. You have to be dotting your I's and crossing your T's. And even 5%, we, talk, we say that in alternative investments in general, right? So so having 5% of your exposure in crypto might if be you, too much anyway. Yeah, um, if, if you already have single some single stocks that you're a fan of, well, yeah. count that towards the 5%. Or, or if you're investing in art and whiskey and stuff like that, which we don't love anyway, like... Well, you got to keep it small, and and mm-hmm. crypto can a portion of that five percent can maybe be allocated towards crypto. But you got to be you got to be really careful. Um, and and it's if you're banking, I think a lot of my big takeaway was the lottery ticket mentality that a lot of people go into this with. That's what kind of Zeke was talking oh, about yeah. towards the end with the IKEA the guy. IKEA guy, yeah. <laughs> and and that's the, such a great story. The thing is, of course, this is why this is why people in uh, the people buy in poverty buy lottery tickets because. They're hoping they they, re, they they believe that the only way for them to actually accrue any sort of meaningful financial status in this life is to do it overnight. And uh, people discount, and I get it. I, I I understand why that mentality exists. But they discount what would happen if they stuck those dollars, five dollars, ten dollars at a time, into index funds, and what that could mean for them over the course of thirty years. And they're like, if it doesn't happen in two to three years or overnight, uh, like tomorrow then what's the point? So yeah, that lottery ticket mentality, a lot of people go into investing with that sort of idea in mind. We're totally against that. We want people to think about uh, their timeline in decades, not even years, not months, not weeks. And so I think that's just like uh, an important thing to recognize in this whole crypto kerfuffle was uh, a lot of people hoping, hoping against hope, hoping against better facts and knowledge that this would win out and and make them a buku of bucks. And uh, it in most people's cases, um, except for Zeke's friend, it sounds like yeah. most most people ended up getting screwed. <laughs> yeah, for most folks, it did not pan out. E- even even without there being outright theft, like in the case of SBF, that was like literally just stealing money. Sure, uh, yeah. there, there were a lot of other ways where you just lost it, or you just lost some of it, or whatever. Uh, yeah, a lot of people, uh, or you lost your password, and that's yeah. how you lost it. Or, and just just promises there were a whole lot of promises that were given and they just haven't delivered right yeah. and so folks were just even if there wasn't outright fraud folks were just led astray i think the the winklevoss twins right recently the there's winklevoss. a winklevoss yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they there's a suit filed against them because of how it is they talked about promises basically that they were going to deliver that they yeah. didn't end up uh delivering on so it's uh it's the wild wild west still and we want everyone out there to be incredibly careful if you are interested in crypto. But Joel, our beer, you and I, today, we enjoyed a Desert Fog by Marble Brewery. This is another beer that was donated to us by Bob. What were your thoughts on this one? I really like this one. This one had like some nice grapefruit notes in it, a bit more pithy. It was just a bit bitter, but also juicy at the same time. So I, I kind of like that combo. It was very juicy. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a fan of the juice in it. Uh, you could taste the dry, the dry hopness. So it kind of had that that sharpness that almost comes across as tartness yeah. that you get with the dry hot beers. And sometimes uh, that can be a bit muted, but it was not in this one. And yeah. so it, it, it leads to a very interesting beer when you're able to taste those notes. So yeah, I really liked it. Certainly enjoyed this one, but you can find our show notes up on the website at howtomoney.com. We'll make sure to link to 
Zeke's book, his website, and where it is you can check the book out if you are so interested. And also, Matt's going to link to his Bitcoin wallet so you can go grab whatever you want. <laughs> Just empty it. Just for kicks. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Matt, until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.